Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 minutes, and I am very excited to welcome our guest today. This is Mark Mears. He is the CBO of Leaf Growth Ventures out of Kansas City, Missouri. Mark, thank you so much for joining me today on our podcast. What would you like people to know about Leaf Growth Ventures? Well, I'd first like them to know I'm on the Kansas side and, and not the Missouri side. So I need to set the record straight. So if my friends say, well, wait a minute, what, what, what happened there? Um, no, it, it uh, is my uh, consultancy, Leaf Growth Ventures, L-E-A-F, is all about helping individuals, teams, and organizations find their purpose and achieve their full growth potential. And uh, I'm writing a book about this called the uh, the purposeful growth revolution. And you think about what's going on with the great resignation um, and people are, uh, and I hate that word resignation because it sounds like people are uh, either resigning and just giving up or they're maybe worse resigning to accept an unsatisfying status quo. And so I believe in calling it the great repurposing because I think we're given an opportunity now to have this major reset that maybe we wouldn't have done otherwise and with, through the impacts of COVID. So I help people find their purpose. Um, and really, I, I, I start with a very provocative question that is more about start with who versus why. And I love me some Simon Sinek. But for me, it's all about starting with why or who. Who you serve is more important than your why. It leads you to your why. But I think once you dial in, and as a, a marketing uh, executive for years, we're always taught to have a target audience. Or in sales, you may have a persona or an ideal avatar uh, of, a, of, a, of a desired client. Well, likewise, I think you need to know who you serve before your why really can take shape. And so we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, probably at the end. But writing this book that will then lead to speaking and consulting and executive coaching and hopefully e-learning opportunities where I can share my 30-ish years um, of experience with companies such as PepsiCo, Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Frito-Lay, NBC Universal, the Cheesecake Factory, and others, um, give back. And, and, and help others along their growth journey. So if people want to look me up, you can just uh, find me on LinkedIn uh, and I'll be happy to uh, engage in conversation. That sounds great. I like your approach too, about starting with who rather than starting with why. So great approach. All right, well, let's jump to the questions that we've got outlined for today. Our first question, if you would, Mark, share a time when you struggled with a coworker or a colleague and how you resolved it. Well, you know, there's been several times, Sean, to be honest, and, and when you have been in the C-suite as long as I have, you're going to run up against uh, conflict. And uh, as you know, when you're in an organization, it doesn't matter whether it's private or public, I've been in both, uh, or could even be nonprofit, you're always going to have competing agendas right? The marketing guy is always going to want to do X. The operations gal or guy is going to want to do Y. The IT person is going to say, well, you know, if we don't get our IT stack right, we're not going to be able to support what you or you want to do. And so everybody's right, but we all have to get aligned, right? And we have to have clarity uh, as to what we stand for, and we need to connect it to our business priorities. And then we need to be able to communicate it 
up, down, and sideways. And then finally, we need to enlist commitment. So when there's a conflict, I like to kind of level set and say, where is this coming from? How does this fit within the strategic objectives that we've already agreed to? And how can I listen to you and make sure I hear you and not just wait to talk, uh, but really hear where you're coming from? And then how can I communicate in a way that allows you to hear so that together we can come up with a mutual solution? So it's not I win, you lose, or vice versa. It's we'll win together. And there may be some compromise, but that's what happens when you're a team. Everyone has to work together. If you think about it like rowing. I remember when I went to the Olympics in uh, 96 in Atlanta, and we actually stayed on a houseboat on Lake Lanier. And it was cool, uh, but that also was where the rowing was. And it was free. We thought, oh, let's go watch this. And I remember seeing these big hulking athletes and some bigger, some smaller, getting into these little shells um, and, and how they would move almost effortlessly, effortlessly across the water. And while there were some that were bigger and some that were smaller, the key was that they were in unison rowing together. And that's how the ones that were medalists were successful. They weren't any stronger, they weren't any better trained, but they were more in sync. And so I always come back to that idea of rowing, having all oars in the water rowing together. And usually that can help diffuse a conflict in my experience. Great, great comments. I really like that idea of being in sync or in flow and, and being able to really work together as a team, because you're right, if they're perfectly aligned, the conflicts are, in, in almost all cases, dramatically reduced. Great comments. Question number two, I'm sure you've heard the phrase that people don't leave jobs, they don't leave jobs, they leave managers. What's one idea that you have to help managers retain their employees a little bit longer? Well, I tell you, it's changed. Um, you know, certainly with millennials and now Gen Z right behind them, as uh, I'm uh, a boomer, I, I can't manage the same way I used to manage nor the way I was managed and say, well, toughen up, buttercup, this is the way it is, right? Um, you have to be empathetic and you have to understand the mindset of your team members. Where are they coming from? What's important to them? Again, being in a listening mode versus uh, command and control. That, that is an old style leadership that may still work in football or other sports uh, or the military, but it doesn't work in corporate America today. So being empathetic, having a listening mode, asking questions, not just telling, and listening to the answers and saying, okay, where do you want to be? And my job as the leader, I don't like the word boss unless you truly are a boss, but as a leader, which is not based on a title, it's based on a status that you have to earn every day. It is, what do you want to accomplish and how can I help you get there? Now, that within a more uh, family environment where people feel safe and comfortable in expressing themselves and coming up with ideas um, and, and you know, feeling like they're part of a team and they see themselves with a sense of ownership and empowerment, if you can create an environment like that, why would somebody want to leave for an additional X dollars an hour or X thousand dollars? I'm telling you, it, it's a different world today. And I think that younger people um, like that sense of autonomy, that sense of freedom, uh, and being able to express themselves and being part of the plan versus just being told what to do. So empowerment is a really big thing that will help retention, I believe. 
Great comments. I really like, I mean, everything that you said, but I especially like your focus on getting away from the old, you know, uh, tough it out, buttercover, whatever it was that you said there. <laughs> and, uh, but working more towards empathy and helping people kind of get in this mindset of let's all work together and let's understand each other. But great comments all the way around on how we can help our, our employees stick around a little bit longer. Let's go on to question number three. Um, how can leaders build resilience in a team? Yeah, it's a great question because um, one of the things that we've now learned through COVID is obstacles. In my book, I talk about uh, accountability and I define it as outcomes, measuring what matters most. Obstacles, what to do, as Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until you get hit in the mouth. Um, <laughs> or outliers, learning uh, through best practices and obsolescence, which you want to avoid through innovation. So tackling the idea of obstacles is saying, look, a there's some things we can plan for, and B, there are things we cannot. Not one of us sat in our planning meetings in 2019 and said, you know what, 2020 is gonna be our best year ever. Well, unless there's some global pandemic, he, he, he. <laughs> we didn't. But when it happened, uh, and, and at the time, I was a chief marketing officer in the restaurant and hospitality industry. Well, many of our restaurants got closed down or, uh, significantly um, shuttered. So we had to, and I'm not going to use the word pivot, I promise, but we had to repurpose our thinking so that we could get everybody aligned on what matters most and what do we have to do right now uh, and get over what has happened that none of us planned for, none of us asked for, but now we're all on the same team. How do we work together to accomplish our goals and, and, and maintain that sense of resiliency and overcoming obstacles that may come our way to get back on plan as soon as we possibly could. And I think those are some of the most viable lessons. Um, I think we all saw some of the changes that were coming. I know in my industry, off-premise dining, delivery, things of that nature, right? Well, if you weren't ready for that, you might've had to close your doors or go out of business. And so, having people understand what they can do versus worrying about what they can't do is really the lesson there. I really like that last statement that you just made about focusing on what we can do, not about what we can't do. I thought that was fantastic. Great comment and great comments all the way around on resilience because that definitely is something that has become a hot topic in the leadership industry, hasn't it? So we're spending a lot Don't more time up. talking about Don't it. Don't ever give up. Don't yeah. give up. Great, great Perfect. comment. Yes. Well, question number four, is there someone that you would like to recognize that's made a difference in your life? Yeah, and uh, this is an easy one. Um, I had the good fortune to serve under David Novak, who recently retired as the co-founder of Yum! Brands, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, KFC. He was in the PepsiCo system for a long time, but I worked with him when uh, he was head of marketing at Pizza Hut years ago. So I'm a junior executive, you know, climbing the ladder and I'm in Chicago for some focus groups. This is back when Pizza Hut, which was founded in Wichita, Kansas, was still located there before it moved to Dallas in the mid nineties. But David was the senior VP of marketing and, uh, and he and his wife, Wendy were in Italy for a big PepsiCo meeting. They were flying back through Chicago on the way back to Wichita. And it just so happens we were on the same connecting flight from Chicago to Wichita. 
Now they've been flying all day, you know, hair was a mess, looked like heck, you know, probably just wanting to, you know, uh, get a few winks before starting the, the business day the next day. So I'm up front in the plane and I'm writing my notes from the focus groups because I know I have to deliver a report the next morning and, and uh, I get a touch on the shoulder and it's David. He says, hey, can I sit down? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> and uh, he sits down and he proceeds to take out a notepad and write down, here are three things that I think you do really well. And then he wrote on the other side, here are things that I would like you to work on to become a more effective leader. And I wish I still had that piece of paper. But the story was so important to me because he took time out for me to mentor me uh, at a time when he easily could have been sitting in the back uh, with his wife. And like I said, catching some winks before having to get up early the next morning. And so the idea of investing in somebody else's success, um, wherever you find the opportunity, could be on a plane, could be in a meeting, could be over lunch, could be over a beer, whatever. But investing in someone else's life is, is, is something that I will always remember and I've tried to pay it backwards um, throughout my career as well. But he's easily the role model for leadership, uh, team building and reward and recognition. And he's written books on the subject and uh, the guy's legendary and he's had just such a wonderful career. But I felt like in that moment, I was the most important person to him. That seems to be a really common response that I get as far as the really effective leaders and people that are influencers. And I'm not talking about social media influencers. I'm talking about real human influencers, but they seem to find a way of making you feel like you are the most important person at that moment. And that obviously is something that Mark was able to do with you on the plane or whatever other situations you found yourselves in, but that's a great example. And I appreciate you sharing that because obviously it means a lot to you. And I appreciate the example that he was and that you just shared of what it means to receive and then turn around and give that back a little bit. So thanks for sharing that. All right. Our last question, Mark, tell us a little bit about your first job. Well, my first job, uh, this was before I went to college and grad school, was as a lifeguard. I grew up as a swimmer and uh, I needed to earn some money. And I thought, well, here's a great thing. I can teach lessons. I can coach the swim team and I can, you know, get a tan and, you know, meet girls and this will be great. Well, it was until you then get promoted to, as I was, head guard and then kind of the manager of the pool. And then you had to get in early and clean up glass from beer bottles that were slung there from the parking lot the night before. You had to vacuum and do chemicals and teach lessons and then coach the swim team and then be out in the sun all day and then coach the swim team again at night and make sure everything's locked up, the money gets where it's supposed to go and all that kind of stuff. I learned uh, a lot and I think it, it, it was a portent to why I did not go to law school and ended up going into marketing because I was going to be a lawyer until I had another great mentor walk alongside me and say, hey, you might want to consider business uh, and marketing and so forth. But the lessons I learned were really important. And I think why that led me more toward the hospitality uh, industry. And it's just the idea of the people factor, you know, making sure that it was a clean, safe environment, making sure that Everybody, uh, you know, had a good time in a safe manner, and 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 you know, coaching the swim team was a wonderful thing as a swimmer growing up, giving it back as a coach, and watching the progress of those kids throughout the summer. Um, you know, a lot of great um, 
analogies to business. And yet I was paid minimum wage. Um, I got, you know, nice and tan, uh, but I did get a couple of uh, sunburns and one heat stroke along the way. So it wasn't all roses, um, but it was, it was a great learning experience and it would prepare me for any vocation that I chose to go through in life. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I think that you might be the first, uh, might be the first lifeguard that we've had. So that was, right. there might've been, there might've been one a couple of years ago that I had. But, uh, <laughs> that's great. Mark, thank you so much for sharing that, that uh, story of your first job. And then also thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but share again, if you would, please, how people can get a hold of you. Thanks, Sean. And, and, and thanks so much for having me. Uh, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, if anyone's interested in chatting on any subject, I'm open to do so. Uh, I do speaking, I do consulting, I do executive coaching. And again, I'm working on a book that will come out this year um, called The Purposeful Growth Revolution. So I have a passion for growth in all of its forms, individuals, teams, and organizations. And so if you hit me up on LinkedIn, um, we can start a conversation. That sounds great. And you obviously have a lot of wisdom and experience and insights to share with people. So that's fantastic. Um, this is this is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, go to teamengagementpodcast.com. And we also encourage you to subscribe or follow the podcast, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's on whatever audio platform you're listening. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great day.